Real fact number 1012. The king of hearts is the only king without a mustache. I don't even know what that means. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the channel. I am joined today by my two co-hosts who helped me along with WandaVision, and we have thought of a name for ourselves because, you know, just calling it Danilo Joe Reviews Podcast is pretty, you know, gay. So we had to think of a cool name. And the name we came up with, with was the Let's Fucking Go Podcast. So whenever it's Brandon and Francesco in the title, you will always see LFG standing for Let's Fucking Go. Brandon, how are you doing, my good sir? It has been a hot minute since we have done a review it has been a hot minute delito uh i've been i've been pretty good the over fuck did you just call weeks. me danilo right yeah but you like stuttered like in it so it didn't sound like that never mind dude it's no. all right never mind. it's it's all good man i mean this is the... uh i've been i've been really good man these last couple weeks ever since you know uh whatever happened with wandavision but you know, the past is the past. We're moving on to bigger and grander adventures. I'm excited to join the first episode of the Let's Fucking Go podcast. I'm really excited to talk about this uh, specific topic here tonight. Yeah, and the topic we're covering for our listeners out there is Zack Schneider's Justice League, formerly known as the Schneider Cut. Francesco, how are you doing, man? I am doing pretty fantastic, Dino. Thank you for asking. I uh, just recently started a new job working for the government. Pretty cool, pretty nifty. And uh, and also, I just really missed, you know, reviewing with you guys because I always had a lot of fun. It was fun doing WandaVision. I really miss WandaVision. And now I'm really excited because we're going to be going to, like what Brandon was mentioning, bigger and better things. And I'm really excited to be talking about the Snyder Cut today because this is a very interesting movie and we've been waiting for a really long time. And, uh, I have a lot of, we have a lot of like thoughts and opinions and theories, and I'm really excited to talk about that with you guys today. Yes. This movie has been the talking points of talking points for how long now? It's been a week. It's yeah for years. Yeah. Even years at this point. And we finally got the cut that fans have wanted for years. And so it has just been the topic of conversation because we're finally seeing a movie we've all wanted to see if you're a DCEU fan. And also because of the runtime. I think this it, this is the longest comic book movie. Am I right on that? Where it clocks in at four hours and one minute? I believe so. Because I think Endgame was like three hours, I think, like exactly. Yes. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today, guys. The four hour and one minute cut of Zack Schneider's Justice League. Who wants to try and summarize this thing before we really get into it on what we like, what we don't like, and just we're going to go from there. We're kind of just going to go in order of the movie it's not going to be too structured where we're going to talk about every part, you know, because it was broke. This movie was broken down in six parts and a lot of things happen, as you guys can probably tell. 
four hours, a lot of shit's going to happen. There's a lot of exposition. There's a lot of action and there's a lot of story. And there's, we're jumping, we're jumping from character to character multiple times throughout this film. So, um, does anyone want to try and give? Sure. I'll do it. Oh, Francesco. Let's fucking go. So I actually had a, uh, I have like a little bit of synopsis already planned and written out. So um, this man was ready at the arms. Yes, uh, I love writing the. Uh, <laughs> I love writing this. I I do love writing the synopsis. You know, it's just. Uh, I think it's like a fun part of this. Uh, this fucking podcast. Okay. Anyways, um. So the synopsis is uh, basically fueled by uh by his restored faith in humanity, inspired by Superman's selfless act of killing himself. Bruce Wayne enlists newfound ally Diana Prince, a.k.a. Wonder Woman, to face an even greater threat. Together, Batman and Wonder Woman work quickly to recruit a team to stand against this newly awakened enemy known as Darkseid. Despite the formation of the unprecedented League of Heroes, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Cyborg, and The Flash... It may be too late to save the planet from an assault of the catastrophic proportions, or maybe it won't. That was the summaries, ladies and gentlemen. Now we're going to get right into it. But for stars, I want to ask, I guess, a, a question. Who here has seen the weeding cut? I have. Francesco and thankfully has. not have. Brandon has not. Um, I have seen half of it. I haven't seen the full thing. I'm not going to torture my soul. Brandon's soul is not tortured either because he's just <laughs> saved himself from that dumpster fire that was the I, film. I was barely saved. It was yeah. just shit. It was, it was shit. Like a so Francesco, shit. Yeah, yeah, talk to us about that when you saw it and what the hell you were thinking before we get into the review. Like when you came out of the theater, I met, you saw it in theater, right? Yes, I did. I saw okay. it like I saw it the day it, it came out. Like Jesus, I, it, I was, dude. I was ready. Like yeah. I, I really thought you I was ain't just... getting your money back. No, I didn't. No, it, see, here's the thing. I saw the Whedon cut. You know, the Whedon pile. Whedon Snyder cut. The Whed- So I saw the Whedon uh, version of it, and I have to say, it was completely garbage. I thought it was absolutely terrible because, like, the first mo- like, just like first minute of the goddamn movie was superman's face i was so pissed at that because the cgi was just shit because of course henry cavill was filming mission impossible and he was had a mustache for the film and you know he can't shave it because of contract purposes and so what happens they have to cgi his damn face and but the cgi looks terrible it looks like absolute garbage like i was like what at first i was like what the fuck is wrong with his face it distorted his whole mouth it distorted his whole mouth and it made him look just absolutely terrible it looked like he had cotton balls in his mouth to half the movie it seemed like exactly and and another thing too is that the the humor like they try so hard like especially because Joss Whedon like originally directed the, the first the first, the first two Avengers, Avengers movies yeah yes. first two Avengers movies the first two Avengers movies which were amazing movies they were fantastic oh, how the mighty have fallen oh my god I was so distraught by by like such a catastrophic like event such as this because it was just terrible because 
they're trying to make DC characters funny. It's like it's it felt weird. They're they tried to, to. We didn't try to, to get like Marvel. Yes, we didn't try to. It seemed like to incorporate some of the Avengers jokes into yes. the DC universe. But the thing is, it doesn't work because DC is a whole. It's a totally different tone compared to the Marvel universe. Yeah, and also there's. The reason why Whedon stepped in was because Zack Snyder was filming it. He was the main guy. He did Batman v Superman. Mm-hmm. He filmed Justice League. Rumor has it he was like almost done. Like he was in post production, I believe. Or and he had like maybe a few more scenes to film. Possibly he was like let's say he was like 80, 75, 80 percent done. Yes, yeah. his film. Yes, and unfortunately, his daughter killed herself, and so you know yeah, like she any committed fa- suicide. Yeah, yeah. He, he she committed suicide. So like any father. He needs to be there for family, and he decided he's going to put the movie on hold. So he's going to take a step down, and that's when uh, Warner Brothers decided, okay, we're going to give it to Josh Whedon, and then rumor has it then Josh Whedon reshot everything and kept, like, only 25% of Zach's stuff in there. Is Does that sound about right? That's exactly right. Okay. Not even, like, just, like, they literally only left 10%. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. They left ten percent so of Zach's this movie like yeah. It's just been a dumpster fire, all because of one unfortunate incident that happened in uh, the Schneider the Schneider family. Well, here's like another thing that happened to Danilo and Brandon. So there was a lot of like obviously a lot of controversy right after the Whedon uh, dumpster fire, right? Yep. There was a right. lot of controversy, and so there. So essentially, what happened was the internet. You know, the internet is a wonderful place, both terrifying yet glorious. They decided to send a petition to everybody saying that they should, you know, they should re- like release the Snyder cut, release like Snyder's what his like, vision was, like what, what his vision. true vision was. Yes, and it's just interesting. And then, like, believe it or not the original CEO of Warner Brothers stepped down because of this pressure and a new CEO stepped in and fulfilled the wishes and gave the green light to Zack Snyder. To... But that took time, though. Like, it, both it of them both years. said it no. It took a long time. It took a long, long time. said no in the beginning. And then they finally caved in. And, you know, there's a part of me that thinks the only reason they caved in was because of streaming services. And yes. They needed something to put on the streaming service that no one else will ever have. You're right. And lo and behold, mm-hmm. it, they finally gave us Zack Schneider's Justice League. How so, they like suckered me into getting the streaming service. Yes, like, because that's literally yes. why I got HBO Max was because of the the Snyder cut. And you're completely right, Danilo. About the oh about the streaming thing. Yeah, yeah, yes. exactly. Like no one else is gonna have that. So that was just some backstory about the Schneider cut. The Whedon cut's ass, but it was ass for a reason. A lot of people got involved. The studio, it sounds like. And we'll talk about that the, at the end. The studio, yeah. The studio was involved since 2016. It was way heavily involved. Yeah, it was like, I'm going to bake cookies for my grandma, but, you know. It's Saddam not going to be the same. Yeah, Saddam Hussein's coming over and giving his recipe as well. You know, like, what the fuck's going on here? Uh, like I said, this is kind of going to be like the WandaVision one where we're going to talk about what we like and what we don't like. And we're kind of going to go in the order of the story almost of, uh, you know, because of, of the parts. There were six. So we're going to start with me. And OK, that's not a very um, pretentious. OK, I'll just start first. Um, so the first thing I noticed when I watched this 
like as soon as it opened was the we had the, like the prologue right it was a prologue mm-hmm. or chapter one mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they did 10 minute like a like a five ten minute thing of you know a recap of the end of batman v superman which for someone who hasn't seen batman v superman i thought that was actually really nice i really enjoyed yeah i liked it that. i thought that was a great way to start it off you know like if you were new and just trying to watch this film and see the hype you knew superman died yeah you could have figured it out in the weeding cut as well if you didn't watch it you know it's pretty apparent but i like how that was like a flashback almost and i like how it took time and really showed that superman's dead and the world's grieving i really enjoyed that uh brandon how about you man what did you enjoy about the epilogue or the chapter one let's just call it or the beginning of the fucking movie yeah yeah we'll just yeah we'll just say the first part uh yeah i got i gotta agree with you on that i really loved how it, it was kind of almost like a recap like you said of what happened toward the end of batman versus superman because it it seemed to me like because it was such a nice even flow like it's still like batman versus superman just continuing on yeah so i it's like yeah it's like this one big um like massive movie just coming in together so i really like that i also like like how effective the superman or how like powerful the superman death is because his his scream reaches out to not only like you know the general area but it goes it goes like way past um it goes to like gotham it goes to um the atlanteans metropolis yeah like uh atlantis uh, I think even like it goes past the mascara. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, it really hammers down the point where like it's Superman's death is important to the story. Sorry about that guys. We had a, we had a little audio issue with uh, one of the fellow Brown people who's uh, in this podcast. And that would only be me. Anyway, Brown people. Anyway though. Yes. Okay. So I was talking about the age of heroes and I was saying, I really like there are, I really like how they got, gave a lot of violence. When we saw the Age of Heroes and we saw that battle, you know, when Dark Side, when Stephen Wolf is killing, like, at when the whole world reunites to try and stop Stephen Wolf, that action sequence was the sickest thing I have ever seen. It was great. I loved it. It was amazing. And it upset me so much because I don't, I, when, like I said, I didn't know how the weeding cut ended. Until after I watched the Schneider cut. So I thought we were going to see an action sequence like that. Like, you know, maybe Martian Manhunter comes down. Maybe we see a Green Lantern. You know, we got all the Amazonians. We got all the Aqua people. Maybe, you know, Batman's there. You know, fuck. Maybe who knows who's there. But I thought, and they're all fighting a Steppenwolf. I thought that's how this movie was going to end. So I was so excited for the ending. And then clearly, if you know. The ending's not how that happened. There wasn't that much action to it. Um, but the Age of Heroes, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. Brandon, how about you, man? What else was something you liked about it? Or do you want to just add on to the Age of Heroes before you get into, you know, your next point? Um, I mean, you kind of brought up all of the best points about that scene in general. Like, I loved, I loved how it was in, like, the middle of the um, story just to give us kind of a... Uh, a backstory to the dark side a little bit. I also like the the fact that dark side was a presence in this film and he wasn't overbearing. Like it was, it was almost like a tease. It was kind of like, um, like the Thanos teases in the MCU, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. but it was, it was just the right amount of dark side for, you know, 
unfortunately more sequels after we'll get into that later on in the podcast um but yeah from just the time that dark side had in this movie um i quite enjoyed like because you could tell that he was a threat by his just just by his presence alone so yeah uh, i thought he was great there um and so yeah yeah after that yeah dark side thing yeah uh going more into the story yeah i mean i like I said, like continuing on that prologue and then it cuts right into, I want to say it was, well, I know because it goes into the Amazons and, you know, the, the mother box is opening or it's starting to like crack open. Um, but then I think, oh yeah, it goes into um, Batman going to see Aquaman for the first time. That's what happened. Um, and then, you know, Aquaman initially doesn't want to join and... Uh, um, he goes back into the ocean. And so after that, you know, we get this n- great Amazonian scene with Steppenwolf and then a battle between them with the parademons and then the whole Amazonian uh, tribe. And uh, yeah, I mean, the story in general is just amazing to me. Like I, I was so invested from, from the first minute almost Uh just, just incredible. In the, I can't, I can't. How good it was, uh, Fr- Francesco. Why don't you continue on? Because it it balance, it balanced right things good. That's what I would that's think. Exactly, it balanced yes, yes, a lot yes, of things. It, it was good. a nice balance. Uh, that's exactly what I was gonna say because with like the story it's just completely different it's a complete i felt like it was a completely different movie from whedon's like vision versus like snyder's vision you know what else is completely different what the king of hearts because it's the only king without a mustache didn't have a mustache that's that's a good that's a good uh fact danilo but um anyways about the story I, I just I loved how it was just like com- completely different from because they actually worked on the story. They actually gave the story more depth, you know, for like the setting, the characters, the mood. And they just Snyder, you know, with Whedon, he was just rushing everything because like at the time, you know, they were just rushing to catch up with like the Marvel like popularity. I just felt very rushed. Mm-hmm. Snyder, he's like, slow down a little bit. Let's relax and just like enjoy, the, enjoy the story. Enjoy the story of like the was, heroes and the characters and their motivations and like and just understand like the dilemma of what's going on. You know, we're gonna have this new age of heroes that everybody's been wanting and mm-hmm. they deserve. And Zack Snyder knows exactly what he's bringing when it comes to the story. I mean, yeah, it's not really the strongest dialogue in the world. That that's it's the one perfect. thing. Yeah, it's not. That's the one thing that he kind of lacks is like perfect dialogue. But you know, unlike the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I always compare the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but because that's their biggest competitors. But it's the visual storytelling. Because with visuals, yes. it's one of the most important aspects of like that's what makes a movie a movie because like it's the visual storytelling and Zack Snyder slows down and just gives allows us to take it all in I mean there's some parts in which it it takes way too fucking long we're gonna discuss that later but he's like slow down just watch it enjoy it embrace it and learn from it 
Yeah, yeah, I will say that Snyder is more of a visual director rather than like, you know, like an actual like dialogue heavy like director. So, I mean, I mean, don't get there are some beautiful shots in this in this whole movie. Uh, I mean, there would have been if I wasn't staring at a four three aspect ratio. <laughs> well, okay. uh, but I mean, yeah, following up with that, like, like you said, like going taking its time with every character, and then. I, I mean, it was, a, it was a really good balance between action and uh, exposition for me yes. uh, for being a four-hour movie. So that's why I'm impressed the most by that. Um, and, like, you could... It almost seems like you were, like, almost a part of the journey. And, like, going on and, like, you're rooting for the team, which, which is what you want in a team in a comic book superhero team movie is that you want to be able to like uh like these characters and you know wish the best for them and it was just great to me that's all i have to really say about that i'll agree with you guys that the uh there was a good balance but that's where i'll stop i think there was a good balance like you guys said for a four-hour movie to have good exposition mixed with action mixed with having the plot being still pushed forward. I actually really enjoyed the dialogue of a lot of this movie. I didn't think it was lacking that much where the weed and it was like, you know, like what was, are we saying here? Like it was they too were too comical. Yeah. Yeah. And the yeah, and I think and what maybe not been the best dialogue, but at least it took itself seriously. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't know if you guys remember Francesco in the weeding cut, Martha was with um, Amy Adams' character, you know, yes, Lois in, Lane, yeah, Lois Lane in the um, like newsroom, and Lois, uh, I, I was telling Brandon this yesterday in the weeding cut, Martha literally said to Lois Lane, like, oh yeah, Spider or what's it, Superman always thought you were one of the thirstiest women he's ever known, and I'm like, what the fuck, fuck are we saying here, Josh Whedon? What is this shit? And then she's like. I meant hungriest. And you see Amy Adams just uncomfortable expression like what like what am I doing here? I'm trying to relate to the audience, be all hip and cool and stuff. It was just yeah. like, it's shit. It's just absolute shit. At least Marvel when they try and do that, it's meant to be like it's meant it's meant to be like ironic, you know what because I mean? Because yeah, that's yeah. the tone they're going for. That exactly. Was, that's, and that's always the tone of Marvel though. Like it's yes. always been, even in the comic books. So you would, don't... you expect it more coming out of that universe rather than the DC universe, because exactly. at least yeah, yeah. because yeah, they had a pre-established whether you know people liked it or not. Like there was a pre-established tone that the universe, or at least Zack Snyder, was trying to go for in you know his vision. And so for Whedon to just step in and trying to see if he could sprinkle his Avengers magic onto it was, it was, it was almost lazy in that sense. Yeah, but um, what were we talking about? Well, oh, the story, weren't we? Josh Whedon is a crazy, is a weird person anyway. Yeah, he wanted fuck Josh, fuck Josh Whedon. He wanted a penis on Vision or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Jesus. What the fuck? All right. What else did I like about? But this? the dialogue too. I, I, oh. if I can like jump off from like what you liked about the dialogue though. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a writer, right? And I always believe that 
because this is R rated, so you know, obviously, you can say a few choice words, right? When it comes to uh, uh, so what I do like about the Snyder Cut that they do, like, because I'm a, like I mentioned, I'm a writer, and uh, and I feel I believe that like when it comes to like language, I always believe that it's important, you know, especially like foul language, and I believe that they properly place the F word in incorporated within the dialogue and i always thought yes. it was like, i thought it was perfect because it DC, because it you know really shows what the dc darkness should have brought into the table i got one guy from singapore <laughs> nice <laughs> singapore i think shout out to the guy from singapore. branching out <laughs> singapore, singapore germany russia and ireland wow wow what a weird That's... fucking demographic it's like less than one percent though for russia germany and singapore ireland has two percent of listeners Awesome. Shout out to Ireland. <laughs> but um and all it's like it's because you know it's it it's differs in comparison to like the kid friendly Marvel like movies, you know what I mean? That I mean, yeah, they say the word shit and it, pest. Yeah, it's it's PG thirteen. It's so PG thirteen They can get away with more the like they're more slightly top like the more attainable curse words. So like yeah. damn or shit, like we'll say that right, but they can't say like you know see you next Tuesday or fuck. You know what I mean? They can and say fuck twice if they want to. In what? In PG thirteen movies, you can wait. Say, really? You I can didn't know say that. Fuck two times in PG thirteen. That's no. right. It, that it's is... two times or one time. You can say it two. It's times one time because yeah. I remember in like Breaking Bad, they like on like television they can only say the f word once because i remember breaking bad they would only use the f word once per season overrated like, show but i'm using this as an overrated example. show <laughs> get, back on, get back onto the schneider cut i hate that show <laughs> except for the last season and the second to the last episode well here's the thing to get back into the Snyder cut because Daniel doesn't know what good television is. I'm just kidding, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, we, we all know good television. Sh- we all know good television because we love WandaVision because that's the greatest fucking show ever. Anyways. Uh, so the thing about that, they use the F-bomb is that it was not forced. You know what I no, mean? Yeah. And that's right. what I absolutely exactly loved right. about it. And uh, yeah, that's what I really liked about the language. I, I think the they only said the F word twice, I think, in that whole entire movie. Twice or three times? Because I remember Batman said it. Batman said it twice. And then who said it the I, other time? I think Cyborg's dad said it once, I think. Yeah, yeah. He so did. Batman, Batman twice, Cyborg once. I liked Cyborg's dad. Uh, I thought he was a cool character. I really, I really liked him. What a wonderful segue into what I like next. <laughs> Cyborg's arc. Yes. I really, there are only, in my opinion, there are only two fucking characters who go on an arc in this show and in this movie. One of them's Flash and one of them's Cyborg. And I think 100% agree. 100% agree. And I think you know why, though? Cyborg arc was very, very good. I loved how he didn't like his dad, how he kind of cursed him, you know, because. He like it was a blessing in a disguise almost, you know. He was either gonna die or he was gonna be turned into the cyborg thing. Mm-hmm. And he was turned into a cyborg thing and he, you know, hated his dad for it. And I thought that arc was insanely cool. You know, he hated himself as well, but then he was finally like, Shit, I need to do something, you know, I need to be a whatever you call it, 
the a Justice League. You know, I didn't know what the be a hero. Was. Be a hero. Yeah, that's it. Be a hero. I need to be a hero. And also with the Flash, you know, I think the Flash's arc was great as well. Wasn't really a big arc, but I think it was. I think it was solid. And those were the only two arcs I noticed in this entire thing. I I really liked like the arc of Flash too because like it was simple yet we understand the character. It's relatable. Yeah, it's relatable, and we understand what the character is and his motivation. And it's it's simple because like you know he wants to bail his dad out of jail. He's a criminal justice major, and his dad says like, "Oh, don't waste your life on me." You know, like get a real job. But we understand like, and plus like we understand that he's like a genius too. You know, because obviously we get a look in the lab, and we mm-hmm. gather like what we need to know, and like in such a short period. Yet like Zack Snyder does a fantastic job doing that, and. It's, I love like the scene specifically when he saves that one woman from a car accident. I thought that was a beautiful scene. No, not no, Daniel. <laughs> I have why, I have thoughts about that scene, dude. Why the fuck is a wiener just flying across the screen? There was a there was a hot dog. There was a hot dog part, and that was run over. I don't care if it was, you know. A fucking pizza stand, dude. I don't need to see a close-up of a hot dog and a pizza. Well, they already did a pizza one with the Marvel uh, X-Men movie <laughs> with Quicksilver. Yeah, see, that <laughs> shit's just fuck off. Anyway, though, um, Brandon, what else did you like about this, about the Schneider Cut, my, my man? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I just want to go into more of the character development um, and the, the arcs in general okay. from Cyborg and Flash. Um, yeah, yeah, just going back to the cyborg arc really i loved it from the beginning like you could tell that the center of this whole story was about cyborg and it it made me feel it, it definitely felt like cyborg and flash were the two important characters in this movie and they they were by the end of this film like yes 100 definitely agree. were um and Oh, I mean, I got to give it to Ray Fisher and Ezra Miller, respectively. They they played their personalities uh, great for their specific characters. Um, oh, uh, Francesco, what do you want to say? Wait, where's Sinilo? Oh, he went off somewhere. Okay, no, keep talking, keep talking. Oh, yeah, yeah, re- respectively. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, Cyborg's arc was relatable as well. Like, you know, the struggle with, you know, him and his father, their relationship, and, like, how his father was never there in his big moments. And, like, his father trying to reconnect with him through, like, the use of, you know, him turning him into a cyborg. So, you know, Cyborg resents that. And, I mean, just from my knowledge of what the read and cut was, having not seen the film and based on what you guys have seen, I thank fucking God I'm not seeing the weed and cut. No, you're because you're, you're coming with innocent, like innocent intentions, just watching the Snyder cut. Cause it would, it would like completely dilute your, yeah, it's like terrible, but anyway, like, continue. Cyborg didn't even have an arc in the, in he the weed and cut. He, he literally did not. It was just simply just like, you know, like it just blatant, like, barely implies that he has a struggle with his father and then it just cuts to like because it only shows like the window scene and that's about it we don't have any other story and i love the tape recordings too of like what he has like what his dad says to him 
And yeah, that's the most crucial thing about the character arc because that's what really turns him into a hero. And like, especially when he reassembles, because like, when he like cru- after he crushes it and then he reassembles and plays the last part for his dad, it just completes the character of Cyborg in the film. And I love yes, it. Yes, it really does. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I really love Cyborg's father. Like, the portrayal of him was really good because he wasn't that damsel in distress character. He wasn't. Like, he was actually helpful. No. He was a really he was helpful character. He was a scientist, too, which helped him be even more important. He was important to the integral of the story, too. His whole yeah. sacrifice uh, when, sure. when he eventually, uh, you know, uh, he sacrifices himself and kills himself in that uh, little chamber before Steppenwolf can get to that um, other mother box. And um, he, yeah, he was just, I mean, you had an actual reason on why he was doing it too. Like there was, you could, there's a redeeming factor to him, there is. Uh, to Cyborg's father. Um, where like, yeah, like, I mean, it probably wasn't the best intention, but like, I could understand why he would want to do that from, you know, him being a scientist and like having that capability to do that. So I really liked him. I also really liked that, um, that uh, sidekick that, yeah, I think it was like Ryan Choi. Yes, he's like an actual character in the DC comics. He was he was supposed to be the Adam in a yes. future movie. Yeah. Um. Or I I don't even know if that's still going on. Um. Based on the DC no. plans, but he was originally supposed to have a movie in the in the Snyderverse. Um. But I actually really liked his character too. Uh. He came off. He came off off to me like a Jimmy Woo type character. He did. Not, he not did. with that. Really, but, the yeah, cyborg not dad. A, I mean, no, his uh, the the other scientist, the, the Asian, Asian one. Yeah, scientist. yeah, 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 yeah. I got yeah, hundred. I got like Jimmy Woo's uh, yeah. vibes from him, but I mean, not, I mean, not because he was Asian, but like he had that um, like likability to him. He had that, that charm. charm. Yeah. He had that charm. Yeah, and he wasn't a dick either, which I really liked. Yeah, because um, like, there's always like that you know that dick like science assistant you know who always wants to like he wants to do like better than everybody and be better than his like superior you know right prepared to be the office assistant peter dinklage and underdog (laughs) (laughs) oh my god we're not talking about underdog (laughs) movie shit whoa stop i actually like that movie loki (laughs) i liked it as a kid i liked it as a kid that's why yeah as a kid it's great yeah as a kid, it's great, but like, yeah, from like our perspective now that we know, like, we have better acquired taste of superhero genre than, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, when it comes to like, if I like, if I, I can continue on like with the uh, like amazing character arcs, you know what I mean? Is it okay if I continue on with the character arcs? Yeah, yeah well, I mean, we can... are you done with like, are we all done with like what we like about it? No, I, I want to like bring like one more thing to the table. Okay, just one but, more. Brandon, how about you? Uh, I mean, I'll go off of what Francesco has to say. Okay, so, and I'll, all I have is that nightmare sequence at the end, which I'll talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We can talk that's about like, that. That's a great scene, by the way. But yeah, but, keep going, Francesco, with what you like then. Um, one thing I really liked that improved the characters of uh, this movie was the new Steppenwolf. I fucking loved the new Steppenwolf. Yes. Not I only did because, too. like, the design was really cool. I mean, like they like had like a new improved design, and Snyder, but Snyder actually gives the character more depth and emotion. For example, when he finally meets Darkseid, he you can see him shed his armor in contrition and allegiance, 
and you mm-hmm. can see the new and improved CGI emotions. You can see his eyes of fear and just There's actually, awe. yeah. There, you well, can he actually... looks menacing. He yes, does. he does. Like he Brandon does saying, he has a presence in the film. He doesn't look like this little twig alien gray thing running around. He didn't around. look cartoony like in the Whedon cut. Yeah, the, exactly. Exactly. Like in the Whedon cut, he was just a bitch. Like it was just like he was just like a hot, very hollow, very like two dimensional character. But with with Stephen Stephen Wolf in there this was a film, reason though, for him, there's a reason why he's doing it. Exactly. Like him and the parademons, you know, and it's like that whole arc because like he because if I remember correctly, he fucked up one time. And he's trying to make amends with Dark yeah. Side. Oh, it's like 500,000 50, worlds, is it? 50,000 worlds. 50,000 worlds, yeah. That's crazy. But Thanos only did it with that one. Means. I was going to say Thanos only did it with one snap. And it was like all life, period. <laughs> or half a mm-hmm. life, period, yeah. But um, anyways, but I just love the new Steppenwolf because we actually have like a character with a purpose, like a villain with not like a, you know, I would say he's like a secondary villain or secondary antagonist, but I, 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 well, for like this, well, it's kind of, I would like to look at him as kind of like a Loki from like the Avengers, you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. I would like to look at him like, yes, he's like the antagonist of the film, but the main antagonist. He's not the overall villain. Exactly. That's, that's how I like to look at Steppenwolf. Cause in, I love I love the character of Steppenwolf. I thought he was like excellent in the in the Snyder cut versus with because uh, his name is uh, it's by uh, I can't remember it's like a it's like a very Irish name it's like Sarayan uh, Hyens or something like that. Bro, he did fan- I have Irish he listeners. Loved- oh yeah, shit! I should definitely pronounce. Okay, it's Saran Hens. Saran Hens. Uh, Kieran Hens. Uh, Kieran Hans. There it is. Captain I Hans. Make- Kieran Hans, thank you. (laughs) But anyways, I thought he, because he was initially very upset that a lot of his like good scenes were cut because he saw the original cut of, uh, of, yeah, he saw the Snyder cut and he was really pissed because, because with the Snyder cut, it actually shows like the character's full arc and full story, and he was just like he felt like his character was hollow with like because like you know it was like pretty much. Just like pretty much shit on by you know Joss Whedon and I'm yeah, really exactly. pissed about that and I felt really bad because like all these like actors knew they're like Joss Whedon like I, I remember uh, it looks Christopher like they were Nolan forced to say half the dialogue dude yeah well, like when you Ray watch Fisher, the... Ray Fisher didn't even give a fuck hashtag I stand with Ray Fisher yeah hashtag justice for Donnie Jep I agree. I don't know why you're laughing at that franchise. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to like respond to that. But you say, um, you, you say you agree with yeah, justice for Johnny Depp. Okay, good, good. We're on yeah. the same. Amber Heard is a, is a see you next Tuesday. That's all I got. Whoa, say. whoa, whoa. Listen, all right. Whoa. I don't. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, man. We all hate Amber. <laughs> the worst thing about it is she admits it too. It was so funny yeah. too because like I texted I you. I texted her. you guys in the uh, in the way. chat. I was like. Is that Amber Heard? Because like she spoke in a British accent. I was like, because I didn't remember what Amber Heard I didn't was. I know what she looked like, dude. I forgot what she looked like. Because like, at for because like, obviously I saw like the Aquaman movie and everything, and I thought you that did? was a good. Yeah, I did. I thought it was pretty. Yeah, I saw it on the airplane once, and I thought it was pretty good. 
Sorry, dude. No. I don't. I don't fly those type of airplanes where they show me movies. I was. Uh, it was because I was like coming back from Italy, and so it was. Yeah, I was going to Italy. Uh huh. I'm poor. I, I can't afford to go fly and see movies on planes, man. This is a family vacation. I didn't pay for it, anyways. But <laughs> <laughs> okay. That makes anyway. sense. But I, I was like, I was like texting you guys in the group chat. I was like, what is this ever hurt? And you're like, and Brandon's like, oh, uh, yeah, like, you fucking idiot. I'm just kidding. Like, Brandon didn't say that. Dude. But yeah. if Amber Heard wants to come on the podcast, we would like to have her where we just absolutely no, fucking I, rip well, her a new like one. We'll just roast Fuck that girl. Her. Fuck that. Oh, sorry, dude. Sorry. Sorry. Everyone's ears just fucking got raped. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Continuing on. Continuing on with the story. I love how we, I love how, for our listeners out there, I love how we just randomly jumped all over the place with what we like about this movie <laughs> and haven't really, fo- and haven't went in chronological order, haven't focused on the parts, just, you know. That's the best part about this podcast is that we can say whatever we want. Okay. Okay. What? Okay. Let, let me say about Steph Wolf is that. Oh, yeah. My even, bad, my bad. He looks, he looked menacing to me still, even with like, it was a generic attire, or outfit that he was wearing, but it worked. It you worked to me. It, it you know work. what? I you did. know what his like his uh, attire... costume... Oh no! Just keep interrupting the host, man. It's fine. It's not like I want to say anything. Anyways, uh... no, okay. <laughs> just keep talking, man. I was gonna say I really like this costume because it reminded me like the that one toy. You know, you like push your hand right through, and like the needles will come out and show like your fi- like. Oh, I'm I know poor. your whole I'm poor. I, I, I can't afford that toy. Um, <laughs> to continue on, though, with Steppenwolf's costume, yeah, man, it looked like that's where 90% of the CGI budget went, in my opinion. Like, I that think so too. Literally looked like an actual costume. You can tell Spider Man's is CGI um, mm-hmm. in the Marvel franchise. You can tell Iron Man's CGI, but this really looked like this fit him, you know, like this was his. Just like the little details and like you know the the knife like um attire, it was very sharp looking. Yeah, and like, how li- it literally sharp. Yeah. Yeah, and how the arrows like when it hit it, like it would like frizzle. I guess I don't know what it would do. Dude, he was, it did that was, thing. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that was sick. Like um, I just liked it. He just broke it in half. Oh, it, that was, it was like dope. it was nothing. Like it yeah. was nothing. The Amazonian scene was fucking fire. It was amazing. What else, what else do we have here? Um, okay. I guess I'm gonna go into the last part if we all are kind of set our set our dues with what we like. Everyone, everyone good here with what we like? Yep. I think so. Okay. So I'm gonna talk about the last thing that I liked. And it's at the very end of the movie. It is the nightmare sequence. Mm-hmm. I never saw Batman v Superman. I only saw the nightmare sequence of that. And I didn't when it was when it was nightmare sequence. I thought like that was a scene in the movie, and it wasn't like a nightmare, if that makes sense. Like I thought it was just that's what they called that scene in the film. I didn't know it was like supposed to be a vision or anything like that. It's um, kind of yeah. It's kind of like their injustice arc. It seems like exactly, exactly. And I I saw I saw the clips on YouTube, and it was really sick. Like I really liked that. And then obviously the Justice League had it, and now we have Zack Schneider's Justice League have it. And this scene was the best thing about the entire movie. In my well, opinion, kind of, it was I, the I agree with you. only yeah, kind of, redeeming thing about this movie. <laughs> um, kind of describe what the nightmare scene was about to people who haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah please do, Brandon. So, please do. 
Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll oh. briefly mention it. No, that's fine, man. Not like I was just talking about how I had a hard-on for this scene. No, yeah, go right ahead, Brandon. Go right ahead, dude. <laughs> He's no. so mad. Go right ahead, man. Why are you mad, my, my dear friend? Because this movie is ass. Dude. <laughs> and we will get to that in the next segment. We I will get to that in the next segment. I can't I wait for you to like... Any, I will fight anyone who says this. If you watch this movie 20 years from now, hell, a year and a half, two years from now, you're hard on, you'll have ED for the rest of your life when you watch this movie. All right, Brandon, let's hear about the nightmare sequence since you wanted to just interrupt interrupt the host of the Let's Fucking Go podcast. That wasn't me. Oh, little shortcake's mad. Yeah, angry man syndrome, bro. <laughs> Napoleon. And Napoleon. speaking of Napoleon, he was a king. And if he wasn't, I don't read, so you can't correct me. And speaking of kings, according to Snapple, number 1012, <laughs> the king of hearts is the only king without a mustache. All right, Brandon, for our listeners out there, give them an introduction oh to the nightmare sequence so that I can say why I just absolutely loved it. Yeah, yeah, I'll talk about like what actually happened. So this was toward the end of the movie. It's like there, uh, it was a part of the epilogue that um, that was, uh, you know, for the final, what was it, 20, 20 or so, 20, 25 minutes of the movie. The last, yeah, it was the last like 20. No, oh, it was about probably like, no, no. Well, it had some minutes. interruptions in the during the film as well. Remember, we saw Wonder Woman; she's dead. We saw Aquaman get stabbed. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Um, so about like twenty five. Yeah, I would say twenty five. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So we get to this scene. It's kind of similar to um, if people saw Batman vs Superman. It's kind of uh, the same situation with uh, Batman in the trench coat, uh, and then he's allied with. Let me get this right. Cyborg was a part of it. Flash. Deathstroke Fucking and Mera. Mera. Yeah. yeah, I think that's her character's name. So they were all part of this like little group. Um, and then it soon it uh kind of assumed that like you know super Superman's the big bad uh in this um in that specific universe. Yes, yes. And so yeah, they're all grouped up together, and then out of nowhere, we get Jared Leto's Joker. Uh you know, right, right next to them. And then uh, Batman and Joker have this conversation about um, like, you know, uh, what, 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 what did they bring up? It was like Joker just started talking to him because he was saying some shit. And I know he Joker brought up, initiated um, the conversation because right. he just was there for some reason. And everyone was wondering, like, is he part of the team? I don't think so. We were talking about this the other day, Brandon, where I think Joker was just there because like like the like the, the dialogue went, they need each other. You know, they're like the yin mm-hmm. and yang. And I think the only reason why Batman it, it's a nightmare sequence. So Joker was only there because it was a night it was a it was a nightmare. It was, it was, and he envisioned it was Joker being there next to him. Yeah. Now um, see, I I kind of differ on that in saying that he he kind of was reluctantly a part of the group. I mean, it wasn't like it's kind of like implied that he was like oh, okay. kind of tagged on into the group. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think basically the Joker was saying like Batman was the blame for all of this, kind of similar yeah, to was. the uh, yeah. injustice arc. Yeah, and that, how I think was the that transpired. Go down. Um, 
Oh, Francesco. What'd you Francesco has his hand up. I didn't know this was a classroom. Francesco, what would you like to say, man? Well, sorry, because you were like being all like you didn't like me interrupting. <laughs> so I was being polite and raising my fucking hand. You little... Yeah, Danielle, have some fucking dignity. Jesus, let's fucking go. All right. Anyways, um, so I was going like to the nightmare point... sequence. I, it's about the nightmare sequence. I promise. <gasps> so, um, so, it, so you were saying how it was a nightmare sequence, right? So the one thing that's like interesting is that I love how you said that there's like you know bat bat you know the yin and yang of Joker and Batman, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so that's actually true because it's kind of discussed in the Killing Joke, you know, because they need each other. Great fucking and comic. It's the only thing I've actually read. It's uh, honestly From one DC. of the great. Honestly, one of the greatest comics of DC, in my personal opinion. Awful movie, but great comic. Exactly. Alan Moore, you're a fucking genius. Anyways, so what's interesting about... Because um, like it, it is a nightmare sequence because Joker is also meant to represent Batman's insanity. Yes, he's a hero. The only thing that's different between Joker and Batman is that that Joker, like, you know, Batman is helping people and Joker is not helping people. But other, all in all, they're both insane people. And what's also interesting, too, is that Batman, you know, because of the whole injustice, you know, story arc, is that Batman develops a whole, like, catalog of how to destroy each one of the superheroes in case they go rogue. Like, each one of the members of the Justice League in oh, case yeah. they go yeah. rogue. If you remember Brandon, or I don't know if you read it, Danilo, or watched it, or listened to it, or I don't know, however you get your information. I mean, I've read. If I read, now isn't that the joke of the podcast? I mean, I mean, yeah, you you admit that you don't read, Danilo. I can't read, dude. Stop. It's not I don't read. It's I can't read. What do you, what do you mean you can't read? I just can't. Yeah, I just can't, dude. Or he's like, just like lazy. <laughs> I love the nightmare sequence. It was the best part of the movie. The only redeemable, the only redeemable part of the movie, and the dialogue was on point. The CGI wasn't, but the dialogue was. That interaction between Jared Leto's Joker and Ben Affleck's Batman was probably the best thing I've ever seen um, in the DC EU, and it made me it made me want to see Ben Affleck's Batman movie that was supposed to happen. Now I don't know if the Joker was supposed to be involved in it. But it really made me want to see it. I mean, the boy wonder um, jab he took at him, the F-bomb the Batman dropped towards him. I mean, the laugh the laugh is shit. Jared Leto, please stop. You're doing things right in this. You did things right in this scene. But the laugh sucked ass. I don't know how a director like Zach Schneider. He sounds just... like a malfunctioning robot. Yeah. Uh, 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 yeah. I don't know how Zack Schneider can think like, hey man, you know, that's a pretty good laugh. I'm gonna keep that in the movie. You know, that was bad. But that I hate, I hate nightmare Trevor sequence Hill. made me so excited for what could have come, what potentially could have come in Zack Schneider's, you know, DCEU universe. We're probably never gonna see it, but it made me want more. And it was the best part. Of this entire movie. Well, well, what's funny about that scene is that both Ben Affleck and Jared Leto weren't in the same room together. They shot him. Uh, I think he said he shot it in his backyard. Uh, yeah, Zach yeah. Said. He shot did. in his backyard, and then oh, I said driveway last night, but it was backyard. Yeah, it was his backyard because he originally wanted it inside of his house. I think uh, was like his original idea for it. Is but this yeah, the that's only what... scene that was shot 
like everything else was used footage and this was the only new scene I that think, was shot wasn't it yes yes okay was it was that the only thing i thought he shot a couple more reshoots he did a couple reshoots but no he only did the reshoots yeah. with ben affleck and that was in his backyard which was really cool i'm not buying that but that's what the articles say just for our listeners yeah. out there. i'm not buying i feel like he did a, a couple more shots because there's a there's there was a report saying that um uh, Warner Brothers told Snyder not to reshoot any more uh, scenes, and he goes, "Fuck it, I'm gonna do it anyway." Yeah, dude. I mean, the guy had, I think, total control for once. Actually, no, he didn't have total control over this, even when it was his cut. Um, we'll talk about that later, obviously. But yeah. Um, okay. So is that everything that we liked? We liked the nightmare sequence. We liked Cyborg's character. We liked the Flash. We liked Superman. We liked Ben Affleck as Batman. Uh, Brandon, what else did you like? You like the characters? You like the action? Yeah, like- I mean, yeah, Wonder uh, Woman was great. Yeah, Wonder Woman was great. I mean, Gal Gadot, what a what a fucking woman! Uh, whoa, that's cancel culture right there, buddy. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, nah, I, mean, I got you, I got you. You don't have to explain, it, man. My- it's getting cut out anyway. I don't really care. Hollywood, my Hollywood crush. Um, oh, really? Not yeah, like my Ron, love Ron for Darcy. Darcy. Yeah, that's that's Gal Gadot to me. Oh, really? I didn't know that. That's actually kind of lit. I mean, she's a stunning woman. I mean, dude, I, you know what's what interesting? I, you know what's interesting? All right, about dude, her? this isn't this isn't the horn podcast. This no, is the, well, I mean, and we're back. Okay, so after we took a detour down, I don't know how we got to. We somehow went to the Israeli <laughs> army, but so we're coming back now to the Schneider cut. And so now we're going to get into what we don't like about the Schneider Cut. I imagine Brandon and Francesco don't have a lot of things to say about this. I actually got a few things to say. Yeah, you'd be wrong. I got I got some play. It's not a perfect movie. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, there are some flaws. I mean, like with every with yeah, every yeah, yeah. Film, work. Yeah, with every film. Flaws. And especially with this type of movie, there's definitely going to be like flaws with it. Yeah. Okay. I am going to go first and just list off the first three things I have here in the document because they all kind of go together. So... Get ready to hear my rant about why I don't think this movie is any good. All right. Okay. For one, the story isn't better. The story is exactly the same. I didn't think the story was going to be better. I just thought it would have been executed better. But the story stays the same of finding the mother boxes. The only difference is we get dark side in it. And we don't get jarring ass editing. Because of that, the story is now presented in a way of an illusion to your viewers of it being better when it's not better acting. No, it's not better acting. What it is, is better dialogue. You know, when Martha Kent, that's her name, right? Uh, Superman's mom, Clark. No, yes. Kent, it's Martha, Martha Kent, Kent yeah. said, you know, Superman, when she was talking to Amy Adams' character, Lewis, you know, when she's like, Superman thought you were one of the thirstiest girls he's known. Yeah, that dialogue blows a bag of dicks. We don't hear that in this. We hear better lines of dialogue. And so that's what it presents itself as a better movie. But it's not. The CGI was better. A whole hell of a lot better. It didn't look like it was half unfinished. However... It still looked like CGI. We talked in what we liked about it, and it was Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf's CGI was about the only thing that looked like it was complete, in my opinion. In almost every frame, there was always something that didn't look like it was complete. 
Let's now go to the aspect ratio. Actually, I'll save the aspect ratio because that that really doesn't do anything. And then we have the arcs. The character arcs may have been one of the piss poor things I've ever seen. Like I said, though, as someone who is not invested in this franchise, this movie is not for me. And if you're someone who is new to this, this movie is not for you. There is not one thing that happens in this movie that makes me give about give a shit about any of the big three. In the final battle, if Superman died, I couldn't have cared less. If Batman died, I couldn't have cared less. If Aquaman died, I couldn't have cared less. If Wonder Woman died, I couldn't have gave a single fuck. The only two characters who had an arc in this, like we talked about, was Cyborg and Flash. And they were good arcs. And Flash almost did bite the dust, you know? And Cyborg almost bit the dust until Flash went back in time and fixed shit. And Flash got shot. I thought he was actually going to be dead. Those were the only two arcs that were redeemable where I actually cared. If those two heroes died, this would actually be a sad movie. Everything else was just the same. There may have been more of an arc than the Whedon cut, but there's nothing that was presented in this movie that was new that would have made me give a shit about it. And that's because of lazy writing, because you can't, and the only reason why they did it was because they expected you to watch the other movies. If you're trying to build build a new franchise, and that's why I said, maybe they're not trying to build a new franchise. Maybe this movie is only made for the people who watch the other ones. You know, and and that's fine. Maybe it's just me who's late to the party, you know, who's not invested in the DCEU. But it's, if you're wanting to bring new people into a franchise, you have to at least give the characters some type of arc. And it can't, it can be a continuation arc, you know, but there still needs to be another arc that character goes on. You know, Iron Man goes on multiple arcs and he goes on his big one as well throughout all the movies. And this, I didn't see it. And that's, and I don't think this movie is better than the Weeding Cut by a lot. I think it presents itself better. I think it does a lot of better things but it's not a good movie at the end of the day. Who wants to go next now after that rant? Brandon would like to go next. Brandon, what do you have to say about the weeding cut? I mean, about the Zack Snyder Justice League and what don't you like about it? Or if you're just going to give me some pushback. Okay. A, a lot of those things, maybe, maybe more. Um, so well, here we go. First, I want to, I want to talk about some of the points that you made. So, <laughs> As far as character arts go, Wonder Woman, I could understand your point in in that arc because if you haven't seen, you know, Wonder Woman, yeah. if you haven't seen either both both of the Wonder Woman movies or just one the the, the first Wonder yeah. Woman movie, um, you're you're not going to really there really isn't that much depth to her per se. But but like you brought up, like if you if you watched those movies, then at least to me, I could justify her having less of a role than like say the newer characters because this story was you know it's made to introduce characters like Aquaman, Cyborg, and Flash into the Justice League. So I can understand from that point where Wonder Woman could get a little like could get pushed to the back. Um, Batman to me, I'm gonna have to disagree with you on that because they actually bring up the fact that 
Bruce Wayne feels bad about what he did and he wants to at least rectify it. And it's established in the beginning of the movie that he wants, he feels bad about how he treated Superman in Batman versus Superman and how, how like he, he felt like he was a direct cause of Superman's death. So he wanted, yeah. uh, yeah. So he wanted to bring all these characters together in order to like do him justice and, you know, maybe bring a ch- have a chance to bring him back and like you know like capture his legacy almost yeah, so yeah. i i i was with him with that but and like that's an arc though throughout the two movies like what was his one arc in this his only job that he had to do was get the superheroes together which he did which he did do so he completed that but that like what what challenge did he face? He didn't face many challenges when doing that. I mean, Jason Momoa had Aquaman had one conversation with William Defoe's character, and then all of a sudden he just turns up. Like that was weird to me. There's no hesitation there. You know, there's there's like like he just showed up. And, yeah, and, and that, I, that's I believe I, that. Sorry, continue. Uh, I'm just gonna say that's the one character who I say was the least interesting in this movie. I was okay. gonna, I, 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 I was not agree. a fan of how Aquaman was portrayed in this movie because like you were bringing up he I mean there was this direction of him like kind of being like a loner kind of like what Cyborg was doing in this movie he's kind of yeah, like yeah. being to himself and like keeping keep him to himself after um his parents died I think which probably gets brought up in the Aquaman movie I haven't seen that um original Aquaman movie um but yeah like you were brought up like he gets this one scene with Willem Dafoe's character. I think his name was like Vulcan or something. Um, And where he's like, you need to take on the mantle uh, that your father and mother brought it to him. And he's like, no. And then, like you said, he just gets brought in with like, with not a clear reason as to why. So that got me less invested in what he was doing compared to how the other characters were. Yeah. But, like, going back to Batman, though, like, there was not a challenge that faced him for getting these people together. He didn't have to endure anything. And I guess guilt was his arc of not feeling guilty. But he wasn't even the one who – was he the one who suggested bringing Superman back alive? Or was that Ezra Miller? An an Aquaman. You know, so I know was, they were talking about it in that in that table scene. Yeah, when, uh, yeah. But it wasn't like Batman was like, "I have to right my wrong. Let's bring back Superman." I can't remember if he was the first one to bring it up or like he was joining in on the conversation. Yeah, it. I, I don't know, man. I, I just didn't think any of them had an arc in this. Like, Iron Man has an arc in every film. He does. He has a continuous arc, though, in the whole saga. But with every film, he ha- he does he has to have something, you know. In Infinity, in Infinity, in Endgame, he had to sacrifice himself for the greater good. Something he would have never done in Iron Man One, you know. But his arc also in that was realizing that going back in the past is better than living what's happening right now, than accepting what happened. That if you have a chance to change something, you can go back and fix it like that. And that's a good arc. And he had his problems. Batman though did not have that in this film of this of just a start from an arc from the beginning and an arc to the end in this four hours. 
all I saw him there for was exposition. And all of those characters I saw was exposition. Everyone I listed, except for Cyborg and uh, Flash. But, yeah. Um, who wants to go next? I'm, oh, nope. You good? I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, I could agree with, I mean, I could understand your points on that. But to me, it just, it didn't bother me as much because, like we said, we, like, I mean, yes, you do have to, like, have prior knowledge from the other movies to, like, get a better sense of, like, Batman's arc. Yeah, throughout yeah. like Snyder Snyder's vision. Okay. But it's also it's also a shame too because we're not gonna see Ben Affleck's uh Batman movie. Yeah, because his, it his probably end to the arc. Yeah, because it it definitely would have delved more into uh Batman's more like mental mental arc and like because Deathstroke was gonna be like that like uh challenge to him yeah. as it was brought up in Ruth because he was gonna be more psychological and he was gonna be more physical. Than Ben Affleck's Batman, and that sucks because I thought that actually would have been a great story to tell. Yeah, and then ben somehow Affleck's he's vision. he's on Batman's team at the end too. So that's like, how the heck that happened? You know, like something must have changed there between those two. Yeah. Oh yeah, with the yeah with the nightmare scene. Yeah, with the so, nightmare yeah. sequence, which would have been so. Cool. There must have been some like commonality or like similarity between them that brought them together. Do you? But, guys... yeah, it's... Oh, oh no! Continue. Do you guys think this movie is made for someone like me? Someone who casually just watches the DCEU, doesn't watch every film, but watches one or two and likes them? Or not? This, the Schneider Cut in particular. I don't think it's accessible. Probably not. To, I don't okay. think it's accessible as Probably it not. is with like, because like, again, I always like, I just love comparing it, DC to Marvel. Bruh. And yeah, I, um, yes. I, I constantly am. And, but the thing was with Marvel it's accessible and it's understandable and it's approachable versus the versus the Snyder cut. It's just really not, you know, it's just, it's just very intimidating because there's like so much going on and yet they barely scratch like who the fuck are these people? And like, you know, like I, I agree with you with the character arcs. Like I do believe that they're weak. It's just like with someone like you, it's not a good movie. You, it's yeah, like you're, really not. yeah, you're definitely not going to get as interested as the most. Yeah, most of that. But I mean, like Marvel, I feel like has some of those same problems too, where like they make movies without giving too much explanation of for like a casual audience. Not yeah, to say I, that I agree for, with that. That goes for every movie, but yeah. there's a but there's a good amount where you need to watch previous arcs and movies to understand what's really going on, especially with the last two Avengers movies. Yeah. And Star Wars, you know, Star Wars is like that. You can't just right. plop down and watch, you know, one, six and nine and be like, oh, I know the story, you know, so I, I get it. I just <clears throat> I was ex- I was semi I was not excited for this, but I was excited to know what my reaction would to be when watching it at the end, mm-hmm. you know, because this has been talked about for years. So I'm like, all right, there must be something good here. Um, let's turn to Brandon now with what he doesn't like about um, this film. Okay, so yeah, um, I would another another thing I didn't like about this film. While we're talking about the nightmare scene, as is, I want to talk about that exposition arc just for a quick second because to me, uh, I felt like it was a lot of that exposition did not need to be there. I felt like there were multiple instances where they could have ended the movie right there. And they just kept adding on and kept adding on to it. And by the end of it, I was like, when is this going to fucking end? Cause I felt, cause they really could have cut so much 
I want to say fat out of that exposition to me because I mean the night the the interaction between Batman and Jared Leto's Joker was to me to me it was all right I mean it didn't blow me away but I mean that portrayal of Joker was way better than the Suicide Squad portrayal of Joker I will 100%. give him that the Jer- this Jer- the ver- that version of Jared Leto in the uh, the Snyder cut was tolerable compared to the Snyder uh, to the Suicide Squad movie, but it didn't need to be there, in my opinion. That not, at least in that particular moment, it did not need to be there, and that probably even goes for the um, when Batman meets up with Martian Manhunter for the first time. Like it was great to see Martian Manhunter in the movie, but I feel like that didn't need to be there. It could have it could have ended right after um i think it was cyborg's dad that gave the narration uh at the end of that yeah. exposition yeah yeah it was cyborg's uh, so, dad yeah so i felt like that could have ended the movie great there and that that would have been it but yeah too much too much of the um too much of the ep- uh, it was epilogue what did i say exposition well i, I think I it was ep- I- I think it was both too. There was a bit too much. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, yeah. I was. I, I meant to say epilogue, but okay. yeah. Following up on that, this this movie did not need to be four hours total. This yeah. definitely there was way too much exposition and way too much slow mo. Like yes, yes. like 10%. I completely under. I completely ten percent of this movie was just slow motion. And yes, I completely un- I completely understand when it's needed for the flash scenes. Yeah, I that- get that. But when you use it for the Amazons, <laughs> when you use it for Wonder Woman, when you use it for fucking Aquaman of all people, you don't need that much slow motion in this movie. And that's yeah. what kept dragging on at points. Like, yeah. like this definitely could have been cut down to at least three and a half hours to me. Oh, for sure. And going off your quick point about the epilogue being a bit like, you know, over overzealous, I guess would be. It felt tacked on to me. Yeah, tacked on. That Martian Manhunter scene, yeah, it was cool. But Mm -hmm. it then asks asks questions at the end. You know, Martian Manhunter disguised himself as uh, Superman's mom and went to go see Amy Adams. And then at the end, Amy Adams is at the house with the mom. And so she must have been like, oh, thanks for visiting me. And Marsha Clark or Kent's probably like, uh, I never visited you, you know? And yeah. And I, I get, yeah. And I know what he's trying to do when he's with all these things being tacked on. I understand. Yeah. Trying to flip off Warner brothers and, you know, make them make his next few movies, but yeah, because it because does H- feel tacked on. Yeah. HBO max is co- completely different from Warner brothers, even though it's under the same, you know, umbrella. Like HBO Max has definitely different, you know, views rather than like Warner Brothers. So yeah. I yes, so I can understand he has more leeway to that sense. Uh, but the Martian Manhunter, well, yes, while it was cool to see Martian Manhunter, he did not need to be added into this movie, especially now knowing that there's not going to be another Snyder first. I mean, I'm to me cross my fingers that. Hopefully this gets restored. I but, think there will be. I you know, as much as I don't want it, 
I actually I take that back because I did like the nightmare sequence. But as much as I don't want to hear people want it, I think because there's so many. I feel like they're gonna eventually say, you know what, Snyder, we're, we're gonna come, we're gonna have you come back on. Notice it's just how gonna be. Oh. oh no, continue on. I'll just go off for you. Notice how they're not releasing the numbers for what the Schneider Cut's doing, but they did release the Wonder Woman numbers and the Little think, Things numbers very soon after. I think the Schneider Cut did 1.8 or 1.9 million that first weekend. Oh, okay. And how, yeah, that's do we know said. how much Wonder Woman is that more than Wonder Woman? I think it no, no, Wonder Woman 1984 did more. Oh, wow. I think it did about two million. Oh, shit. But this a little wasn't bit more than behind. two million. This wasn't far behind, and this was no. four hours. So it was four hours. So I, I figured it would have gotten more people involved, but I mean, a lot of people don't want to spend 15 fucking bucks a month for HBO Max. Yeah, especially after what they did with, you know, all those movies saying they're all same day right. release or whatever and without any. Yeah, release. yeah, they're doing con- concurrently with theaters. So, yeah, but, but yeah, um, I, I agree. It was tacked on. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, another. Uh, Another point I want to say is that the music. What? Okay, let me say this again. The score for this for this movie was was great. The soundtrack that they decided to use was not good. One hundred percent agree. Like the the fucking um female voices every fucking time, and I literally mean every time. Well, Wonder that's a Woman so- that's a sound editing choice. Uh, Sure. Yeah, yeah, I got you. But at, like, literally every single time Wonder Woman appeared in the <laughs> fucking movie, they had to incorporate the female singing. It's like, it is, yes. Hey, don't forget the it, Aquaman singing too. Just the, the camera, the Scandinavian God. women. Yeah, this camera just holds on like five Scandinavian uh, like, women. Okay, okay. Let, let me say something about this. I didn't mind them doing it, but once Bruce Wayne left. <laughs> they didn't need to keep it in there. Yeah, once he left, it's like, why it am I just watching sen- these women s- sing? It made sense for like when Ben, when uh, Bruce Wayne was there, but it went on for like two more minutes, and then one of the girls was sniffing Aquaman's shirt after yes. he took it off. It was weird to me. I felt uncomfortable watching that. I just really missed like with the Wonder One Woman like theme song. I like the original Wonder Woman theme song, like with her standalone. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like so good. I don't understand why they didn't incorporate that into the movie. Uh, it, it almost I, like Tarzan yelling. I <laughs> actually liked this new score better than the do 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 do. However, when I heard it every single time one woman entered the goddamn screen, it was it was I was done with it by the end of the movie. It, I'm it like, was literally ah. every time. Yeah. Um. But oh, yeah, I mean, there's also a moment. Where um, after Aquaman saves that sailor, I think uh, from the uh, from the ocean. Yeah, yeah. His, like when his when his ship was sinking, he goes back into the water, and this goes back into my um, point about the slow motion. That was where it was it was literally five minutes of Aquaman just going back into the water, and then the choice of music that they decided to play oh, during that. Was like from so like the unneeded. doors. It was like from it was yeah. Like it doors was the song. doors. Yeah. It was so unneeded. They could have. They literally could have put the score in that, and it would have been better. 
Shout Listen. out to Mr. Davis. The only reason I know the doors is because we watched Apocalypse Now. That's true. Francesco, <laughs> what did what did you not like about this after we talked about the Amazonian music, the score? Well, it was that the tacked on Martian Manhunter at the end. All those in the epilogue, all those things that were just tacked on <laughs> is the big F you to Warner Bros. I, that's like the thing, like the big F you to Warner Bros. And the thing is, too, is that Warner Brothers is really trying to incorporate DC to catch up with Marvel. Yes. And they're yes. making up because Marvel came up with, see, that's why I love, like, you know, I'm not to, I hopefully I get my Disney paycheck after seeing this. Oh, you're for sure getting it, man. I ain't getting a job after this at any <laughs> studio. <laughs> see, Disney was genius because they saw this from the way get-go. They wanted to do something different than DC was doing because the only thing good DC was ever doing was coming out with okay movies alongside with um, like TV shows on Cartoon, Cartoon Network. But yes. um, yeah, yeah. The only thing that was good about it, but it just is just so like I just don't like it because they tried to so so hard to be like the event. Justice League was trying so hard to be the Avengers, you know, because. We have the, you know, we have Dark Side, you know, who is like just a sad and just like, not like sad, but it's just like an empty Thanos. And there's no, in my opinion, I don't think, I mean, like, yes, the action scenes are really good. It's just, that's pretty much all that's good about Dark Side because I don't believe that he really has a lot of substance and a lot of emotion in comparison with um, Josh Brolin's performance as. Uh, yeah. Thanos. Well, Darkseid's he... not human. Like you don't relate to him. Where Thanos, they right. gave him human. Like they tried to humanize him. Yeah, they exactly. humanized him. Where Darkseid is more of a god. You know, it's a more of a, yeah, it's a god like. But I understand, so, but I understand but that. the one of the greatest, the more likable villains are the ones that are closest to us. You know, and that's what yeah. makes like villains so likable. And you know it's and another thing i don't like about this like when they're trying because unlike the avengers marvel's avengers there's no really true chemistry between the heroes like you don't there's like none there you don't feel that like strong sense of like we're together and we're gonna fucking kick some ass you know and it's just oh he's getting heated now no i'm serious it just pisses me off because it just feels like okay we're gonna get the band together you know we're get this we need heroes okay yeah we need heroes okay we're gonna fight alongside with each other but we're not like friends about it you know what i mean because that's what i love about the adventures is because they're they become real fucking friends. You know, they become yeah. real friends. And well, they, they have banter. They have chemistry. Exactly. And I love DC good banter. Is the only time we saw chemistry, quote unquote, around chemistry was when they all stood there for that fucking pose. Yeah. When they're all looking off in the sunset. And that was the only time you saw it. But yeah, that's, you know, and th- that just pisses me off because like they are like too separated and there's no bond between the heroes, you know. And like you know, like there's no like you said, there's no banter. I mean, like in like Whedon in the Whedon uh, version, though there yeah, is yeah. banter. Yeah, but that was bad. It's it's, it's shit banter. That made you know, that gave me an aneurysm. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like really shit, like banter though. Like it's like, oh yeah, you're sweet. You know, like between like Superman and like, because I remember there is like that running joke with like DC people, like whether or not who's faster, Superman or the Flash. And it's obviously the Flash because he can go through fucking time as you can see through the Flashpoint universe, which is and it has to be Flash. It has to be Flash. Yeah. yeah. Well, but I just I don't yeah. know if Banter would even work with DC. That's the problem, though. I, well, 
their they chemi- don't know how to don't write know. it. Yeah, it's maybe they don't know how to write it. But how is their chemistry going to improve? I have no idea. Well, I don't see it improving. Actually, if we ever get another Justice League fucking two or Injustice, I don't see it improving. You, listen, the only way they could have had good banter was starting from the way Gecko. They if they started in the yeah. beginning with Snyder making sure that there's good. I mean, Snyder's horrible at dialogue in general. That's just. He's just shit at dialogue, except for the movie 300. He is really good. That is pretty good dialogue, not going to lie. And also, he's more of a visual storyteller than, like, you know, actual storyteller. But that's just, like, my personal opinion. But he does not know how to write dialogue. He just knows how to write a a basic story, basic visuals. He understands the visual aspect because he can go frame by frame on – you know like comic because he reads the comic books he actually does read the comic books he does his homework for example he did do i don't know if you ever seen the movie or watched the tv show watchmen i think i mentioned this um when we were in the group chat he directed a movie called uh watchmen which was a uh, dark horse comic book series really good created by alan moore as well uh created by alan moore and he you can see like shot for shot of like the visuals from the comic books translated into the film and it's just interesting because Zack Snyder does a perfect job with that he actually pays good homage to like into those aspects especially with the death of Superman as well as you can see like in Superman versus Batman he gets up shot for shot of the sphere or the the kryptonite killing Superman and he does incorporate that uh, not as much into this film, but he does get like the general idea and like echoes of like from the comic books and stuff. But with but there's no dialogue though. There's no remembrance of like as, there's nothing memorable dialogue wise. You know what I mean? Like with Marvel, you can come up with like a good amount of like quotes and like you know like you know like with Thor because that's what heroes do. You know like stuff like that. You know it's just. Yeah, and the dialogue just sucks. And also, like, with Superman, too, like, if I could, like, make, like, a transition, you know, it's, like, Superman only has, like, I feel like with Superman, though, and, like, the parts with Russell Crowe and then uh, Clark Kent's father, he, they're the only good parts, like, dialogue-wise, I believe, because it's literally from, like, the Christopher Nolan script from uh, the 2013 Man of Steel, because that's directly from it. And there's also like new parts too, but those are very well written as well. And uh, yeah, but those are like the only aspects I thought those were like good dialogue and good, like, you know, verbal storytelling. Yeah. I have another problem with this entire movie and that's the aspect ratio. I know people are saying, oh, the aspect ratio is really good. I like it. That's fine. If you like it, like, that's fine. I do not. I can't stand this aspect ratio. I don't know why he shot it like this. I don't know why he chose to have it like this. I do not understand it. If there was stylistically a a reason why, where he's like, you know, I'm doing this because this was the aspect ratio for comic books, you know, maybe something like that. That's bullshit, no. That would be okay. But yeah, no, that's not what he said. Yeah, know? no, he didn't. I do don't that. understand why I'm seeing a three by four or four by three aspect ratio. It's weird to me. It doesn't fit the movie. Uh, this seemed like a cinematic event. And when I'm watching it, it doesn't seem real cinematic. It seems like I'm watching a 70s TV show in color with good CGI. So the aspect ratio really got to me. 
Um, Brandon, anything else you don't like about it? Yeah, I thought about one more reason as you guys were um, talking, uh, you know, each talking. Um, Lois Lane did not need to be in this movie. She was she was not needed because all she did in this entire movie was mope about Superman's death and then eventually become her uh, side piece. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Even though the, yeah. even though the movie told us that Lois Lane is the key to everything. They literally said that Lois Lane is the key to everything. And they didn't she did show not, that. They didn't show that. They, they didn't show her helping the Justice League in any way. All she did was just get, uh, cu- get some fucking coffee for some cops and then mope, mope, and, mope around when uh, Superman was dead and then went back to him and then that was it. And then stared at Superman when he was being a baddie. Yeah. So he could, yeah, he she, he could remember him. Yeah, I agree with you there. I don't all think she, needed all she literally did was just stop Superman from killing Batman. That's all she did. Well, that was helpful. Yeah, and you know what? If Batman bit the dust in this, fuck it. Who would have? Who really would have cared? Which, which sucks because I think Amy Adams is all right in this role. Like, I think she's really good as Lois Lane. In my yeah, personal opinion, they're just they don't seem to give her that much to work with. And that yeah. goes back to Batman versus Superman too, because yeah, I agree they don't get the dialogue doesn't help her character at all. It seems like it's bad, and this and the whole Snyder verse in general dialogue is just not his strong point. No, it's not like and like we all said, he's more of a visual director. Yeah, and when it works, it works, but you need I think you still need dialogue to back it up. Another thing that I didn't like about this, um, since I'm the one who has the biggest gripes with this film, is the anti-life equation thing. They did not explain that. No, they one did. I was really fucking, fucking confused okay, about that's that. That's fair. That's fair. I had no idea what he was talking about until I looked up the anti-life equation and what it means in the DC comics and everything. But they mentioned it like numerous times, and I just was like, um, am I supposed to know what this is? Did they mention it? And I just forgot it because it was in like the first 10 minutes of the movie. Why do I, why does, why does like, why is I'm, I'm not seeing explanation here. So I didn't like that. Another thing I didn't like was in the beginning. I know I said, I like the beginning when Superman, when we see that prologue kind of where we see Superman die. One thing that got me about that was the editing and the editing made it seem like Metropolis I know Metropolis and Gotham City are right next to each other now for some reason. Yeah. But it made it seem like Aquaman's little place and the whatever the Athelonians live, the Athenians. The mascara. Yeah, where they live. It seemed like they were all literally in a hundred mile radius between each other. That was stupid. I don't I don't know why. It just felt like that to me. Um maybe people out there it didn't feel like that to them. Or maybe since they watched the other movies, they know where it is on a map, you know, so like it wouldn't feel so jarring, but to me it felt jarring. It was like, so you're talking. I just think because Superman is like that's. I just think because Superman is this alien uh, super being, that he's like more capable of like spewing out because he has like this like sonic boom, I guess. Like yeah, something. yeah, yeah. So I, it made sense to me, like like how much it could stretch out. Okay, I, I guess I would have rather just seen a cut, like a cut, and then, you know, we go to an next location. But it seemed like it was just a continuous shot. 
You know, it seemed like the camera panned over Metropolis, Gotham. Well, another oh. Aqua, you know, Aqua Atlantis, and then you know, the that's a whatever. Themyscira. Yeah, yeah, where they live. That's what it seems like. So maybe a cut there would have been nice, like one or two. But you know, like that's almost a nitpick though, so that ain't too bad. Um, what were you gonna say, Brandon? Oh, uh, I still don't like Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. Okay, Fuck dude, him. you gotta give that up, man. No, Fuck no, I, dude, I don't. I, you know, to me, I just don't like him as an actor, honestly. Whoa, that's a okay. Hot well, take okay. on the let's fucking go pod. Let me. Oh, that's a let's fucking go take. Let me, I I hate him more as a person more than as an actor. I hate him as an actor because in the at least in the social network, you're supposed to not like him. Yeah. yeah. Actually, in, I liked him in Zombieland, though. I will be, have to say. To be mm. fair, I don't know anything. Oh, Zombieland boring. Hmm, interesting. Been in. Let me see. Give me a minute, because maybe I don't like him either. Because I don't like him as Lex. He just Luther. seems like a dick to me, Jesse Eisenberg. I like him in the Now You See Me movie. <laughs> what, dude? That movie's sick. Okay, if you don't like that movie, get fucked in the ass. All right. yeah, well, yeah. Let me let me continue on. Right. Um, oh yeah, my bad, my bad, my bad. I mean. I He's mean, in Justin Rio. Geisberg, he was, yeah, and we all know how that company went down. Well, what company was that? Blue, Blue Sky. Sky. What happened to that company? Disney bought it, and then it. Yeah, when did they disable it? When it was, was but anyway, I mean, he's only in the movie for like five or ten, five. I think a little over five minutes. But total. it ruined your experience. I just he just doesn't look like a Lex Luthor type to me. Like, yeah, in this movie, though, I could tolerate him a little bit more. Like now seeing him in the bald head. But I mean, there's just he doesn't have that charisma of Alex Luthor. And that, again, that goes back into Batman versus Superman, where I hated him even more in that because he was portraying Joker and Riddler at the same time, even though he was portraying a completely different character. Anyway. That's just all I wanted to say. Fuck Jesse Eisenberg. Whoa, Jesus, dude. That's like, that's almost a hot take. But you you know, know, uh, you, the, the, Well, the reason I don't like him is because he mentioned in interviews before that he never bothered to read the comics about Lex Luthor. And that's uh, what pissed me off about uh, him. So here comes the truth. Because he didn't do his homework, you do not like him. I'm just saying, that. like, if you, I understand, if you, no, I get yeah. that, man. Like, if let's say, I don't know, someone comes to Star Wars and they try and act like a character, but there's a book based on that character and they don't read it, you know, like that would be weird. That means it's not matching up. Like, I can understand having your own twist on the character. Yeah, but you but have to know like, the source material. You have to at least know the source of material, and don't change the character one hundred percent. Yeah, and you feel he did change it one Because if you wanted Riddler to be in Batman vs. Superman, you could have easily put him as Riddler. But no, they put him as Lex Luthor or Lex Luthor Jr. or whatever they wanted to fucking call him in those movies. I think movies. he would be a better Riddler than a Lex Luthor. See, yeah. I would think so too. His quirky that. mannerisms, like, yeah. you know, waving all around like this. I that would have totally been fine that. as the Riddler. Yeah. Not as a Lex Luthor. I'm excited for Paul Dano to be the Riddler, though. Yeah. That's all because I said that, man, when I said he's the one flying under the radar completely in he's that new Batman an, movie. He's such an underrated actor, too. He's fantastic in 12 Years a Slave. I think what he, 
else don't you like about the Schneider Cut, Francesco? If there is anything. Oh, I I have plenty. Um, oh, here we go. Oh, oh, oh. Whoa. So oh. fucking go. So there's one thing I really don't like because I will say this again. I love the character of Superman. I really, really do. However, in this movie, though, he is the uh, Doe Ex Machina in this film. So Doe Ex Machina means like, you know, when the story is He's a like, Mary you know, Sue. I'm sorry? He's a Mary Sue. Basically. So he basically comes to he comes to save the day just as soon as like they need it. You know what I mean? Very much like a Captain Marvel kind of moment. You know what I mean? Just very yeah. much like the only reason that he was brought into this film was because that he needed to rescue and, you know, and save everybody from, you know, dark side and Steppenwolf and all these people. And it was just a exhausting because i'm just because superman is like one of the most iconic along with batman as well one of the most iconic characters in the dc comics and just superheroes period because believe it or not the symbol of superman is the second most recognizable symbol right uh, uh, right before the christian cross and the thing about superman is that he's the most important character my, I mean, I understand it's like the Justice League, but he should have like there wasn't a lot of focus on Superman besides like his death and that he was going to be the one that's going to be important if like there was the what if injustice universe. But he's just kind of tossed to the side after he's resurrected and only needed when, you know, that big moment when like he's about to dark when uh, not dark. I agree. Yeah, that one moment, Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf, like you know, is trying to kill Wonder Woman and and everybody, that or uh, Cyborg, and uh, and then he just steps in and just takes care of it like with no problem. You know, it's just very much like just he's just used for the sake of convenience, and I thought it was just kind of stupid. Yeah, after after he got resurrected, I agree with you that it just seemed more he didn't really do anything important after that, other than get a new suit. Exactly, and then save the day. Be the guy who you know saves the day and saves them. Yeah. So would you even if Mary Sue? Would you mean by Mary Sue character though? He's just overpowered. He's overpowered. He has an arc. Yes. You know, like there's nothing that really stops him. Like no one stopped him in this movie. No. No one. There's no quote unquote with kryptonite. Yeah, there was no crypt. Yeah, exactly. And no pun intended. There, there was nothing. Yeah, there was no kryptonite and. You know, I think someone of what's his face, um, Stephen Wolf's stat- stature, can get kryptonite. I really think that, and I think you know, may- like maybe it could have been in his blade or something like that. I don't know. It should have been a little bit more back and forth. Yeah, instead of just it, once Superman came yes. in, it was just three it was punches one, and he's done. Was, yeah, it was a one. It was a one-sided battle, is exactly. what it was. And before that, it was a good battle. Before that, it was a pretty darn good battle. I actually yeah. enjoyed it. Um, Go closer to Mike Danilo. I actually enjoyed the battle. Not as much as uh, whatever you call it. Not as much as the Age of Heroes. But I enjoyed the battle for what it was. I was... I wanted more of it, though. And Me too. once Superman came in, it was, you know, this got boring real fucking fast. I want some, like, real Marvel action. You know what I mean? Because... The thing about like Marvel and DC is that with Marvel, they actually show like the true physics and the true like choreography 
of fighting versus with DC it's just quick moments of like just confusion and it, it, it pisses me off because it's just it doesn't show like actual work and actual fighting and like actual I don't know just just interest you know it's just it comes off as just lazy like the choreography of like fighting and plus like I agree. Comes off as slow too. It's slow, and plus there should be a struggle. You know, Superman should have like a struggle. I mean, yes, I understand. He has the power to lift up like the sun. He actually does. It's like proven in uh, one Mm -hmm. of the comics, which is pretty op. That's why they kind of did the new fifty two. I don't know if you know what the new fifty two is, Danilo. It's kind of like they had like they felt like the characters were starting to get a little bit watered down. It was like a reboot. It's basically a re- reboot, okay. and like that all seems... the character arts, character arcs and stuff, because they've been around for like since like the '30s or, or the late '20s, early '30s, and so they wanted to do a reboot, and they pretty much started all over like uh, Superman's arc. But before then, like Superman was a very OP character, and yeah, it's just uh, I think that's like what Zack Snyder wanted Superman to be is to be this overpowered character, but. Then again, we love the best characters are the most flawed characters, I believe. Yes, yes. Uh, the best heroes well, are the most flawed yeah. heroes. Look at Batman v Superman too. I mean, they like yeah, that could have easily been a one sided fight, but Batman did that little kryptonite thingy with his staff, and it wasn't like it was a pretty darn good fight. You know, it was good. It really was good. I, I like where was that in this? Like in this, maybe and maybe that's not maybe that wasn't the point of the Schneider cut or Justice League in general. You know, having Superman not be OP. But I think there still should have been something there where it wasn't just a one-sided fight, like Brandon said. I completely. Agree it didn't have you. to be a long battle. Like it could have been like just give him more, just give Steppenwolf a little bit more, you know, uh, action. Yeah, or the the parademons. Like the parademons were nowhere near Steppenwolf. Yeah, yeah, you could have, you could have, like, you could have easily had a couple parademons that Superman could have knocked off easily. Yeah. However, though, I did like how the parademons would like actual cause more harm, really, than like with some of the main characters. I did like that, though. Yeah. Like, for example, when they shot um, Flash a couple times. Oh, in the on the side, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like that because well. it's not like a stormtrooper kind of ordeal, you know, where they're constantly missing. Like, missing. These, <laughs> yeah. these fuckers are accurate, you know what I mean? And I, I, I that's just a little thing that I liked about yeah, and, it. And they actually stopped them momentarily. Yeah, like they were actual like credible soldiers and footmen. You know, you know the scenes that we haven't talked about. Two main ones. Uh, one is when cyborg, like they actually show like what goes on inside cyborg, and then yeah. they have that scene where like he um alters like a woman's family, like I, by giving I, her I, the. I wanted the to talk oh, about yeah. the And then, you know, probably one of the best scenes in the entire movie is when Flash goes back in time. I'll I'll talk about um, what's his face cyborg because I enjoyed that scene. That would have been something like anyone would have done, and that was I re- yeah, I really like that because. It expanded. It expanded more of the, like what he's able to do with his powers, and it expanded his character though as well. His yes. character arc, and that you know, it did it by not telling us it was doing it. It was just something as subtle as that, where he's a good guy, even and though I really, powers, I, that, he wants to yeah. be good, and people still look at him weird at the end. You know, notice yes. after he did that, people still were like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" You know, like looking at him pointing and that's what i really liked that was that was probably one of my favorite scenes in that movie yeah i enjoyed that one 
Um, and then what was the other one you mentioned? Oh, Flash going back in time. I didn't know he went back in time when I watched it the first time. I had to rewind it. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? I did not understand that he actually reversed time. It took me a second to realize, like, and then, like, when, like, everybody started coming back, that's yeah. when, like, I, you know, I fully was aware of what happened. Because, like, I thought, yeah, I don't know why I didn't think, like, he was going back in time when I first viewed it. There wasn't, like, a real explanation for it. I mean, don't you agree, Francesco? Like, there wasn't, like, not an explanation, but they didn't, like, there wasn't a dialogue where he's, like, I'm going back in time. I know what I have to do. Anything like that, you know? There, There isn't, I mean visually you kind of understand it mm-hmm. at the same time I and mean, that's he the did, problem yeah i mean he did say like you know don't go back in time to himself you know what i mean otherwise well, i cause... think he's what did he say he said um like go and go and change the future like alter the past or something like that something like that and I think that's supposed to be like a teaser for like the Flashpoint, which I would love to see in the future, like a live action Flashpoint. I don't don't even know what's going on with that Flash movie. There have been so many creative differences the past five years. I don't think it's. I I don't think it's body slam that girl, Ezra Miller. Yeah, dude, he did. Wait, what happened? You don't remember? Some fan was like talking to him or like wanting a picture or autograph, and he just like body slammed her like to the ground. So without any further ado, guys, let's get into the rating system. We give things out of five stars here. One being, you know, an absolute shit show. Two being, I mean, five being, you know, you have a heart on the entire movie. <laughs> so who wants to go first with their rating? Francesco or Brandon? I'll let Brandon go first. All right, Brandon. Do you need time to think about it, man? No, I got, I got an answer. Okay. And here's Brandon's rating. Okay, for Zack Snyder's Justice League movie, I'm going to give my score a four out of five. Holy shit. Yes, yes, there are a lot of problems with that movie. There is, it is not a perfect movie by any chance. But by the end of it, I didn't really care because the story was engaging the for the most part the characters i got behind and it was just it was just a great popcorn movie in my opinion like i could i could watch it without with no problem honestly and okay. yes yes okay. and that's and that's going with the 10 percent of slow motion that is in this movie fucking christ but yes i i enjoyed myself through the rest of this movie and i i am one of those people that wants the snyderverse to be restored Say the hashtag. Say the hashtag. Hashtag restore the Snyder Cut. There Reverse. We... Restore the Snyder verse. Motherfucker, you messed it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Francesco, what do you rate the Snyder Cut out of five? So there's a lot of good things about this episode, and there wasn't a lot. And there was a lot of our episode, excuse me. There's a lot of good things about this movie. There's a lot of bad things about this movie. You know, I, I, I loved, you know, I really wish we could have had a more improved Superman. Also, some of, like the slow motion scenes, you know, I mean, I understand that's like a signature of Zack Snyder and his directorial stuff. And plus the dialogue is really weak too. But it's just like when it comes to like the slow-mo, it just comes off as a little bit ridiculous at times, you know? Because yes. 
if it's like integral to the story, for example, with flashes, all of Flash's scenes of being slow mo, that's integral to the story because that's a very intense moment. Okay, I will say not every Flash scene didn't need to be extremely long with slow motion. Right. But for the most part, yeah. It, for the most part, it was yes. And pretty well. For the most part, yes. And so, um, but I will have to say, it is a big fucking improvement from the Whedon movie. It is a big, it, it feels like a completely different movie. Honestly, I was like, I, I like, I, I like when I was watching it, cause it's been like years since I saw, cause I only saw like the Whedon version once and I was like fucking done. But I mean, yeah, I felt like a sense of deja vu when I watched it, but it just felt like a new movie. It felt exciting and new and, you know, it, it just felt like an actual good movie. And with that, I will have to say it's four out of five. Holy Whoa! Shit. I will have to say it's four out of five. Oh, and hashtag my man, my man. I say hashtag restore the Snyder universe or Snyder cut or whatever. Man, you couldn't even get it right either. Yeah, right? man, you just said it. <laughs> no, but but I, and I and can I make a note, please? Though when it comes to um, creative uh, with like you know with the uh, production companies, so with production companies production companies dear production companies leave directors the fuck alone let them be creative artists you know nothing about artists and i can't believe that you would literally shove a fist up zach Snyder's ass and say no to whatever to whatever shit that you came up with and hiring joss whedon to fucking ruin everything about it like just go fuck yourself all you worried about was money that's, that's the thing. The that's end. all that about you. The end game. That's exactly no, what. No pun intended. No, exactly. That's exactly what it was. You, you greedy fuckers. You know, it's just like I can't even tell you how shit that is, and how ridiculous, and how appalling, and how you literally just just took a shit on gold. That's basically what you did. There was no, there was no passion from Warner Brothers. There was no passion for Warner Brothers whatsoever because they didn't have faith in Zach. Because Zack Snyder has always caused issues throughout the years, and you know what? They actually, and they saw this. It, it's horrible because they saw this suicide of his daughter as an opportunity to do what the hell they yeah. wanted. Yeah, they could, they could have done the right thing and give him oh, time wow. to like recover. And you know, like let him grieve over his. He was sister. still working on it while his yes. when his daughter yes was, uh, killed uh, passed away. Unfortunately, they could have easily like you know give like push back the date of the Justice League movie so that he could have time to like recover and then like finish it on his own time. But no, they were too they were too worried about catching up to Marvel and what they were doing at the time, and so they they decided. Fuck it. Let's get somebody that actually knows uh is familiar with like the superhero that is familiar that is, no that is familiar with what we want in our DC universe. And so they brought in Josh Whedon, who had no business in you know being a part of that. And so he fucked that entire franchise from the beginning. You know, no, they fucked that entire franchise since 2016 because they cut. They even cut Batman versus Superman. They did uh, in the beginning. They Don't did think about the Suicide Squad R-rated cut. 
Yeah. Yep, they, yep, because they got cold feet after Batman versus Superman's reception. And so they fucked over both David Ayer and Zack Snyder in that same fucking year. True, true. I'm just going to keep this energy going right now with the negativity. This movie was a piss poor attempt to make a god awful movie <laughs> better. This movie was ass. If you like this movie, it's a great popcorn movie. That's fine. This that's movie, true. This movie was a yes. great attempt. Yes. And that's what it was an attempt to make it better, to restore your, his, his original vision. Did it need to be four hours? No. Was there a hell no. of a lot of exposition? Yes. Did we need it? No. no. Was the dialogue no. better? Yes. Was the acting better? A bit. Was the chemistry better? Not at all. No. Did characters go on good arcs? Absolutely not. Did we get more in-depth to the character? Not at all. Um, CGI? Didn't look too hot in some shots. Aspect ratio? Fuck off, Zack Schneider. This movie is a two out of five for me. A two out of five. I could not have been disappointed with the four hours I just wasted on this. I'd rather watch the Emoji movie three times than watch oh, this thing. Jesus. Jesus Christ. And, you know, I'm sorry, but that's just how I feel. This movie wasn't made for me. It, maybe sure. just because I'm not invested in it. Sure. And I'm not invested in this universe. I admit that. You know, I'm not invested in the DCEU. It turns me off completely because when I think of DC, what I want to see is things like the Joker, Birds of Prey. Um, what else? And I think, and I think that's what uh, Snyder's verse should have been. Or that's at least what Warner Brothers should have yeah. um, embraced from the beginning. It should have been. It should have been darker, but I mean, not not too dark. But it should have been a darker R-rated alternative to what Marvel was doing at the time. But no, they decided to go with a fucking, you know, lighthearted approach, all like kid-friendly, and it backfired, completely shit the bed. Like Batman v Superman. Not a great movie, didn't really like it, but the tone of the movie, that's what I want to see. That's what we wanted. That tone of the movie is what I wanted to see. And that's what I can applaud the Schneider Cut for as well. The tone of the Schneider Cut was dark wasn't happy it was dark there was blood <laughs> there was gore they were swearing i'm not saying those though. make a good movie i'm saying for when i think of dc and when i think of something called the justice league where the world's coming to an end and we have dark side as a villain that's what fits it naturally fits and zach schneider made it naturally fit and yes let me let me bring up one final point that i want to make up whether you like zach schneider or not it doesn't matter I respect the guy for trying to come up with a blueprint for what he wanted to achieve in, a, in an expanded DC movie universe. I, I respect the man for having at least a plan for what he wanted to do for the, for the DC franchise. And, that, and that's, all you, that's all you really got to like say about that. Yeah, I respect him as well when it comes to that. The dude had a vision, that vision will not be whether, executed. Whether it, it meant, like. yeah, whether it was executed or not to many people, like you got to give them credit for at least having a direction with with a original direction. Because yeah. God forbid Josh Sweden had, didn't even have a direction. He didn't know what the fuck he was doing in general. Yeah, it was his direction. And, you know, it's unfortunate <laughs> that it came to an end because I the think Justice, it would have been better. if The Whedon Justice League movie put a nail in the coffin forever... Forever, yeah. like, giving a fuck about the DC universe. 100% agree. 
100% agree. And it's good. It's honestly going to be almost impossible to recover. Honestly, like this it left is, like though. a scar. It, it is really recovering. is because yes, really? they completely fucked themselves over. I think it's recovering, and I think how, it's recovering recover because it, of the though? Joker. Okay. And because of but, Matt Reeves, but you, Batman. But because because, because that's because there it, it's its own universe. It's not related at all to you know what yeah. Warner Brothers wants to fucking do with their franchise. Yeah, I think their franchise is dead. They are, yeah, they are, yeah. Whatever DC, whatever DC is doing with their with the uh, with you know Joker and Bat the Matt Reeves Batman solo movies, they're doing it. It seems like they're doing a great job. I mean, we don't. I mean, we have no idea what. The Matt Reeves Batman is going to be like because that's like a year away from now. Yeah, but the trailers look amazing. Yes, they do. And I will say this: James Gunn's Suicide Squad or the Suicide Squad. The trailer comes out tomorrow, the twenty sixth. Um, when we're recording this, yes. When we're recording this, and I think that's going to be the recovery to the DCEU. It's going to be a long it's road gonna, to recovery. Yes. But I think they're gonna, they're not gonna recover fully, but I think it's gonna start making their movies somewhat better and tolerable and making more of the fans a bit more happy. Hopefully, you know, you never wanna see a franchise like this fail and you never wanna I'm, see fans be this upset about a movie. I'm just hoping that James Gunn's Suicide Squad is nothing like Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, yes, it could have like, you know, that type of humor, but I don't wanna yeah. be a carbon, carbon copy of it. I think it's gonna be R. That's my hot take. I think, I it's think it be is. R. I think I think they said it's going to be an R-rated movie. And like we said, that's what I think of when I think of the DC. So I'm incredibly happy for that. Yes, it, yes. Well, yeah, Warner Brothers needs to embrace that R-rated. Uh, well, I just had a brain fart. That R that R-rated rating. Yeah. Any last comments for the listeners out there, Francesco or Brandon, before we wrap up this? Let's fucking go podcast episode number one where we talk about the Schneider cut. I have three words. Fuck Warner Brothers. Whoa, Jesus. Brandon, how about you, man? Any last comments? I have three words. Fuck Joss Whedon. I have three words as well. Fuck Amber Heard. Good boy. I mean, I mean, I mean, do you want to fuck Amber Heard or do you like go fuck yourself, Amber Heard? Go fuck yourself, Amber Heard. I guess that's a better one. Good call there, Brandon. Good clarity. Good call there. Anyway, though, guys, that's the wrap-up for the Schneider Cut. Um, or Zach, Schne- uh, Zach Schneider's Justice League, that four-hour epic saga. A long story in the making. I was joined today by Brandon and Francesco, my two co-hosts on the Let's Fucking Go p- podcast episode. So when I am joined by Francesco and Brandon and myself on this podcast, it will be titled Let's Fucking Go. Anyone else, it'll just be the title of what we're talking about. Um, and now it's a, the sign-off time. Uh, Francesco, where can they find you, my good sir? Well, you guys can find me on uh, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Franny Officially, and also please check out my podcast. I have also have a film podcast called Fantastic Reviews. You can find that on Spotify, Apple Music, and YouTube, and um, and you can check out my episode of goodfellas and also my episode of a uh, new episode coming out uh tomorrow called castaway and uh i and also you can find me on uh, twitter at franny official so and brandon where can they find you my man yeah you can follow me on instagram at b 
Lion 2 k 20 And uh, you could also follow me on Twitter at BrandonM226 for all that quality content. And you can find me at Danilo Judd on Twitter and at Danilo Judd1 on Instagram and Danilo Judd on YouTube, D-A-N-I-L-O-J-U-D-D. And for our listeners out there, this is a podcast-exclusive episode, once again, where we do talk about the Schneider Cut. And I just want to say thank you to Brandon and Francesco for hopping on again and starting a new journey. And we now have a name, the Let's Fucking Go podcast. So be on the lookout for more episodes, guys. Be sure to hit that subscribe button on all podcast platforms to the Nilo Jet Reviews. Hit us up on the socials. Anyway, guys, thank you for listening and see you guys for the next episode.